I never would have thought that we would be the same genre of dude. I don't know. I think we are. I'd- like, like we might be the same, like, we might be the same shade, but not the same hue. You know, you know, I think that's all. It also says a lot about theology and how we all see God in different hues. Welcome back to Theo Bourbon. <laughs> Roll the metal. Roll the metal. <laughs> Jesus. For the first time ever, I'm drinking not only bourbon, but actually good bourbon on this show. Congratulations. Oh, it's, it's so good. It also smells just like the sweet mash because it's like, I know they do sour mash, but it's like mm-hmm. barely sour mash. They only reuse a little bit of like the last. Uh, okay. the, the, yeah. So it's like, it's actually very sweet overall and it's got just a really, really nice sweetness to, um, to it, even though it's what, uh, it's 115 proof. Oh yeah. Oh, it, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What, so uh, what kind is it again? It's you from three boys farm in, uh, three boys farm. In Frankfurt. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're neat. So they do tours, even though it's like one barn. Make everything <laughs> Good in. one. They're um, neat. So my cousin had a... Uh, oh, they're cool. So, so my cousin had his birthday. Um, no, do you get uh, it? You, you, you take it Ah, you got, you got to do it neat. It's pretty neat. We drink it neat. Everything's neat about it. But neato he had gang. his... Neato gang. Oh, yeah. We, we were both drinking our bourbon neat, because if you don't, you're uh, you're kind of a wimp. Bitchy bitch. And we don't respect you. We block um, bitches. Yeah, we will block you like Izzy's blocked me for, I don't know, having a having a parasocial relationship uh, with, with, with her and other content creators. I am... <laughs> I, I, I'm a bitch. We're all bitches here, but we at least we drink our bourbon neat. Did you ever uh, watch um, Good Burger with Keenan and Kel in it? Oh, with a Good Burger. Of course I have. Yeah. yeah. So the I'm a dude... She's a dude, he's a dude, and we're all dudes. Yeah, we should just put bitch in that. I'm a bitch. <laughs> She's a bitch, he's a bitch, because we're all bitch, yeah. Only bitches involved, you know. Only. only. O- yeah, the the re- real bitches, no. State-approved bitches. Uh, it has been way too long since we, since we did a Theo Bourbon, though. <clears throat> Goodness. I know. It's literally, remember that one time when... We said on that latest <laughs> one that we were like, yeah, we're going to do one every we're week. We're so good at this great. now. You know, we finally. And then uh, we, what, seven months? Six and months? That didn't happen. And here we are and, now. And uh, what we wanted to talk to you about, dear listeners. By the way, welcome, listeners. Uh, it's welcome really to, it's really good to be talking to you again. It is. Yeah. Um, it is Derek and Tom. And you are at Theo Bourbon, where we... Talk about God whilst sipping on the nectar of God. And um, we got... That was me we're drinking. Not really gonna, I mean, we are going to kind of do a, a, a little bit of a topic. Maybe not, you know, the hour and a half that we usually take, good Lord. Um, but, because I got date night tonight. So, uh, we're, we'll, oh, heck we'll, yeah, try to, we'll try to be succinct. That's but, sick. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but life, life has it it's 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 heavy and it just rolls on as john mark mcmillan would say life life comes for us all you know life gets heavy and it just won't stop you know the years stop coming and they won't stop coming and they won't stop coming yeah and they won't stop coming they won't stop coming and they won't stop stop coming and it won't stop coming yeah so um (laughs) To, to summarize, uh, towards, yeah, just to uh, get the elephant in the room, yeah, Megan is not here. Uh, towards the um, end of July, beginning of August, uh, basically, we had some really tough conversations, um, and we realized that we needed to part ways for the sake of both of us. Um, she's currently living her best life. There's no no bad blood, no weird stuff, um, but obviously in the industry of privacy, privacy and respect, um, gonna kind of leave it at that. Um, she's yeah, she's very happy. She's doing her own thing, uh, and yeah, now I am living in a small apartment and in closer to school, doing my thing. I'm still getting my master's of education. I'm working at a different coffee shop now, uh, <laughs> no longer Starbucks. I'm working at Big B Coffee. It's a Michigan base. It's the most Michigan of coffee shops. 
Um, nice. So I'm w- working there, doing that thing, uh, and l- life is life is good. You know, she's she's living her life, I'm living my life, uh, and we're gonna get back into Theo Bourbon. And honestly, we've been we've been planning our comeback for a little while here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We got a lot of cool topics. Uh, and a lot of things that we've been discussing that we want to do that's been, oh, that should be an episode of Theo Bourbon. And we're going to actually do them now. So yeah. and there you go. First off, I just I want to say, Tom, I'm so proud of you and for uh, for being such a good dude um, and so much love to Meg and you know everything that she's going to she's going to do in the world just with all that, you know, she's she's training to do, you know, with yeah. the, um, all those scientific things that. That we will miss, um, but at the same time, you know, different things have to happen. And so, um, but I am very proud of you, proud of her. But as one of my very close friends, I'm very proud of you. And so, um, yeah, it means a lot, man. Thank still you. Being willing to do this with me. Hey, uh, this um, is, this has been, this is one of my favorite things. <laughs> and it's something yeah. to think about a lot. Um, one, of, one of the people who I really hope to bring on the show, the more I tell her about it, the more confused she is. Um, so, so again, yeah, so, so I'm in Cincinnati still. Um, Mm -hmm. and one of my, one of my coworkers, she's a current Xavier theology student. Um, dope. Um, her, so her thing is like feminist and womanist theology. Extra Uh, dope. Oh, I'm, I'm super excited, but it's funny because she, because she's lived her, oh, by the way, I do have a cat now. Uh, his, his name is Nostradamus, Lil Nos for short. I love that. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, so the yeah, Nostradamus, <laughs> he's he's a very good boy, but goodness, does he just destroy everything he touches? So I know kind that he like would. Oh, Nostradamus. I mean, <laughs> oh, he's he's a very destructive guy. Um, he touched the he touched the future, and there, I mean, really, lots more things are right than wrong. So I mean, it's whatever. Really, a net negative for the world. So he's currently. In his room over there, and he wants to come hang out and snuggle. Uh, but he would also close every program, stop the recording, and maybe blow things up. Very like good, good boy. boy. Oh, he's he's the best boy. Uh, cool. So that's so that if you hear him meowing, that's him. He's he's very well fed. He's happy. He's doing well. Uh, yeah, he's and he's my kitten, and he's very good. Good. Uh, yeah, but yeah. So I'm excited to like to have her on and have uh, <laughs> to have final have another female perspective because yes. if we learned anything. It's that when it's just the two of us talking, we kind of get onto this like dude, like like freight train, and we just plow through everything in front of us. I so, mean, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're just going to say this is a mansplained podcast. I yeah, mean, it, she, it, yeah, she was the only thing keeping us from just mansplaining everything in front of us and continuing on forward. So yeah. yeah, so it's good to know that we have some that will not be our energy exclusively. It'll just be our energy. Um, mostly, which it already was, and it will, <laughs> but we have, we, we do have, thankfully, we still have women who are willing to talk with us, and that's oh, really God, all that God. matters I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> as long as they continue to, to think that we're valuable enough to keep talking to us. <laughs> what I'm saying is, we may have alienated one woman from us, but we've not alienated all of them. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Uh, well, uh, speaking of, um, oh shoot, my internet's really bad, by the way. So I just uh-huh. lost Derek for a second there. So we're gonna have to mention that sometimes. So yeah, I currently have DSL. I had fiber. I had like gigabit fiber, and now I have like fifty megabit DSL, and I'm paying the same amount for them. Thank you, Cincinnati Bell. Uh, but you know, here we are. What did you just say? Because I didn't get any of it. Well, I am going to say all you fucking nerds are going to know what he's actually talking about there, because I don't. Um, oh, shit. But, <laughs> but uh, what did I say? Oh, I was going to say, speaking of bourbon, that was funny. Uh, I am drinking Eagle Rare, which my in-laws got for me. at. Uh, I my, once again got none my, of what you said there. I am so sorry. Oh, my goodness. Can you hear I me? I really hope you said something really great, Derek. I don't know what happened there. My internet is so much worse than it used to be. Are you are you back? Are you back now? And 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 then you you you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to say, 
I am drinking Eagle Rare. Oh, bourbon. oh, um, Eagle Rare, the good yeah. shit. My, where, where'd, you, where'd you get that? So my mother-in-law, yeah. Tammy, she's great. God, if we had her on the podcast, Jesus. Uh, get her, get her here. Also, someone is doing uh, some yard work right outside me right now. I cannot good. stop it. I am so sorry. That's all right. Um, but she was having a fundraiser at Buffalo Trace Distillery um, for her um, the organization that she's a director for, um, and it was really cool. They raised a lot of money for um, at-risk kids. They're it's yeah. Casa. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, um, but they basically yeah, yeah. Awesome. have ad. It's advocates that go into court and they only advocate for the kid. Like the kid is the only person that matters for that. Oh, that's dope. Um, in, in those situations. And so um, she was having a fundraiser at Buffalo Trace. And for my birthday, um, my um, stepfather-in-law and my mother-in-law got me some Eagle Rare. And it is delicious. That is so sick. Uh, and I got, to take, I got to take a tour of uh, Buffalo Trace. And kind of like a mini tour. It was maybe like an hour long. But they have ghost tours. Really? Because apparently Buffalo Trace is one of the most haunted places in America. Hey, it's what is it like the oldest continuously running distillery in America? Yep. Period. So like it's yep. gonna that's pretty sick. And so, um, ghost hunters went there. Um, really, and found some cool stuff. So basically, what I'm saying is, Tom, next year, me and you are gonna go to both Waverly Hills together. And Buffalo Trace Distillery together. Okay, so, so that brings a bigger question to me. Are we uh-huh. going to have a Theo Bourbon like, YouTube channel? Are we going to like... Do I would we, love to do that. Because I think that's a good um, idea. Because I also think we could just record the video from these as well. And uh-huh. drop those as well as our edited down, audio sounds great, all that stuff, podcast yeah. on uh, on everything. I think that could be pretty sick. And honestly, like... If you're one of the people who listens to us and is still listening to us now after we were gone for six or seven months at a time, if you're tuning in and you're listening and that's something you'd like, please reach out to us on social media. Tell us, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. That'd be dope. Um, because, yeah, honestly, uh, Derek, I love you. You're one of my best friends. Mm. And I'd love to keep making content with you. And the kind of yeah. stuff that we talk about here is the stuff that I just talk to everyone about if you're not here. Mm-hmm. So it's better to have you here. Because <laughs> then I have someone at least is interested about this uh, to talk with. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, really, been, it's really been amazing over, um, over this whole thing and over all the transitions that have happened to me in the last couple months especially that it's like still had, still had you, still had Caleb, still had mm-hmm. all these people who've been around me and have made sure that I know that I've got friends and I've got community. And I've got in touch with people who I went to high school with, who are uh, who I ended up starting a band with. My solo project is now a yeah. band. We we got a show coming up um, very soon here that we're starting to practice for, and, nice. and and all this stuff. It's like, you know, as we talk about God and as we talk about theology, that's when I'm reminded. Like that's what the presence of God is. It's that reminder that you're never mm-hmm. alone. That you've always got support, whether that's in the form of people around you or whether that's just in the fact that you are. You are a natural being. You're a created being, uh, yeah. and you've always got that presence of of goodness, of value, of worth around you. And even if right. you've got a lot going on, even if you're really stressed out, even if all all kinds of heinous shit is happening to you, um, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna ultimately be okay. And I'm sure that. And the thing is, what's interesting in saying that is like I have. I'm 100 percent sure. I'm not the only one who's been going through that because I know that um, Megan went through all of that, oh, all of those feelings too during this, and she mm-hmm. had her, uh, she had her family around her as she was going through a breakup that we did not, no one thought was going to happen. Um, right. That's ultimately led both of us into a better place because there was some, there was some stuff that needed to be dealt with, needed to be addressed. Um, yeah. But in that moment, it's hard to think about that when you've basically bet your entire life on something happening that no longer is going to happen, you know? Right. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So that, that's kind of, that, that's my, that's my first little God moment here to, to discuss. But, but through, but through all of that, I've, 
I, I have, I feel like I have more friends now than I did before because it gave me the opportunity to reach out to so many people and to get mm-hmm. closer with so many people, you included, uh, who've really helped me emotionally get to where I am now, which is a really great place and mm-hmm. full of lots of joy and lots of stuff and lots of, I'm excited to make more of our show and I'm excited to yeah. reach out and branch out and work on our social media presence, work on our mm-hmm. content, get more guests, make this happen and really build this really good thing that we started and see mm-hmm. what we can do with it. And that's kind of yeah. what I see as the future of Theo Bourbon because we are people who God and like just like Christian culture is so deeply within us that there's no getting mm-hmm. it out. So we might as well enjoy the fact that it's there. And right. we are also people who are never not going to love God. And, and even if we're pissed off with the church, just love the church in mm-hmm. the way you love your obnoxious kid brother, you know? Yep. And that's kind of, that's kind of my thing. That's kind of what I was excited to come on here and say that it's, mm-hmm. we are, we're excited to keep doing this. You got a kid who's about to come out. How's that? I mean, other than the emotions I feel right now, which are, I'm waiting for you to break out into the everything skit after that speech. Um, we already discussed this. We are, <laughs> we all know that I'm going to play the whore. I'm going to play the whore in the everything skit. I'm, I'm fucking Jessica playing the whore. Good. So glad. I, I um, wrote that about me. I just couldn't say it because I knew that. I, I knew that it would make Olivia feel too bashful. And I, I, I we got to protect uh, Olivia. At all costs. Protect Olivia. At all also, costs. Olivia, if you listen to the podcast, what's up? We miss you. What's, what's up, Liv? <laughs> we, we miss you, Liv. <laughs> we do. Um, but yeah, um, Monday the 29th is the induction date. And uh, so I'm going to... Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Freaking dad here in a little bit. Um, That's wild. Less than two weeks. God. Um, also, Derek, so is dinking, uh, Derek is drinking out of his dad mug right now. It literally says dad. It's it's a beautiful tumbler. It's very sweet. Is that yes. a tumbler? What is it? It's just a bourbon glass. Is there a name for like a whiskey glass? Like what are they... Is it a, I thought it was called a tumbler, but I could be wrong. No, I think a tumbler is like a... The wine tumbler things. Oh, that's right? probably right. Yeah, I'm drinking out of a wine glass because I don't own anything. Uh, mm. But yeah, I'm so, so excited for that girl to get here. And it'll, it will hit me when it hits me, you know? Because, um, <laughs> you know, I didn't get, it didn't hit me when I was getting married until I saw, you know, Miranda walking down the aisle. Yeah, you know that type of thing. So it's like, until I see this other life bridging itself out of the vaginal canal, I'm probably not gonna really understand. You didn't have to bring up your wife's <laughs> vagina, but you did. <laughs> you, you somehow found a way to just bring up your wife's vagina right now, which is see, it's my, not what I thought was going to happen. But I mean, you know. Well, here's the thing, Tom. The only yeah. thing that I want to do in this podcast. Other than all the other things that I want to do is just make you laugh. So at all times, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, it was, it was getting it was getting way too real, way too. Uh, we were talking about our feelings, then you're just like, "By the way, my wife's vagina, right?" It's like, "Ah, oh, shit." We we're talking about your kid, man. We we're talking about your kid. Yeah. We're talking about the miracle of life, man. <laughs> God made women to do it, right? And only I, think we, that. I think we should talk about purity culture. This is funny. This oh, is a really funny transition because this morning <laughs> I was just thinking about um, just the ways that purity culture has affected all of us. In fact, um, we got Matthew Pertz coming over in a few days and I'm going to surprise oh, him. Good. I'm going to surprise him with, um, we're going to create a drinking game out of the movie version of every young man's battle. Oh God. I just lost Derek because of my bad Wi-Fi, but he's got this face of pure glee right now. What was that, Derek? Oh, yeah, I got real bad Wi-Fi. Can you hear me? I got that terrible Wi-Fi. I've got both someone vacuuming and someone doing yard work outside my apartment right now. This is a far worse place to host this podcast than my last place was. But, you know, we're working on it. We're getting there. 
goodness, I've really lost him. Okay, you're back now. I lost you for a second there. What's up? Shit, he's gone again. Damn it. Okay. Maybe I'm going to have to do this for my bedroom where the Wi-Fi router is. So we're at like our best hope. But I know that's not the issue. I know the problem is really more just the fact that Cincinnati Bell cannot get their shit together to upgrade our copper. Maybe talking about how shitty Cincinnati Bell is uh, in terms of their older infrastructure will get them to finally improve it. Okay, you're back now, Derek. What's up? Derek? Derek? Are you back now? Ah! Yeah, he's back now! <laughs> Yay! Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I lost you after I made my, my fun comment, and then I forgot what the hell I said. What the hell did I say? Uh, and Something how you, about perts, and you're going to make a drinking game. Out of every young man's battle. Yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. Ah, it should bring you lots of joy. Yeah, so um, honestly, as you're bringing a little girl into the world, how are you going to raise her to not have the amount of baggage that we've placed on young women, especially in the Jesus-loving sphere that we are both still in? Goodness. Um, me and Miranda have had a lot of talks about that. Um, and... A lot of it, I think, for me has been, I mean, obviously anything is wishful thinking, you know, yeah. until it happens. Um, and so, you know, for us, we really want to, you know, provide the space where, one, Ellie can talk to us about anything. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, not... And, pro and and honestly, not hide the fact that me and her mom have, you know, screwed up a lot of times. Mm, yeah. Um, with different things. And so not try to be so... I think, I think the... There's a difference between being overprotective and being guarded, if that makes sense. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. And so we don't want to be overprotective, but we do want to be guarded. So, you know, um, you know, at the time when Ellie, you know, decides to, you know, like boys <laughs> or like girls or like any type of gender or whatever, um, yeah. we want to have a space where any one of those things in any way that Ellie feels in and of herself for that to be welcomed and good. And in order to do that, it's less, I think one of the things that is, you know, and I'm not a parent, so obviously I know absolutely nothing, but um, you literally picked up your dad cup. As you said, I'm not a parent, so I don't know anything. <laughs> you are like, you're so close to being there. Like you are, you're approaching there so quickly. You're basically already there. You know what I mean? I mean, I've had to take care of so many y'all college kids' asses over the last few years that I might as well. No, for real, that's not a joke. I, I, I seriously, <laughs> you already have so much dad about you. I, 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 I really like. You're a natural for the job. You're, you're a natural for it. You're gonna do a great job, and the way that you're talking about it, and you're just like already expecting a theoretical person's autonomy. More than most mm. girls who grow up under Christianity get. Yeah, I, th I think that's significant. Um, and I think I yeah. think the way the 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 most natural way of doing that is not because I think that you could go 180 with both of them. We talk mm -hmm. about 180 theology all the time, and so I think you know having an overprotective parent. And then the 180 of that is my kid can literally do no wrong and can literally yeah. do whatever the fuck they want. And I think there's, I am very much believing that, you know, the cliche, it takes a village is actually really, really true. And so they only told us that was liberal bullshit because they didn't want us to believe that collectivism had anything to it. Right. And so like, <laughs> that's my take. How, how are me and my wife who are in a heterosexual relationship going to teach our daughter 
how to be loving and accepting of the LGBTQ community. Well, we put her around people who are in the LGBTQ community. Like, and I think so, that it's it's way easier to teach bigotry. Yeah, or not, mm-hmm. rather. No, it's, it's way, like, I think bigotry has to be taught. It's not something right, that's right, innate. Right, right. It's not like you have to teach her to be a loving person. I think that yeah. it's, it's more like you have to teach her to other people more so than you have to teach her to be loving. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think about even, like, even though I grew up, and you might have similar experiences, even though I grew up in um, a rather homophobic, evangelical culture, some of the best friends that we all had growing up, uh, rather that I had with my parents, were a lesbian couple. They walked their dogs mm. with us. They came over and had coffee. They had dinner with us. They were our pals. And there was never yeah. really any question if, or, if we loved them or not. It's like, yeah, right. at church they say they're living in sin, they're bad, and we were secretly trying to convert them the whole time. They knew, but they still liked us anyway. Um, mm. But it's like, there wasn't really any question if we loved them or not. And really, right. like my only jump was saying, Oh no, that thing, whole thing they said at church was bullshit. They're just great. They're awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. our experience of them was legitimate. We don't have to run that through a, ah, but they're living in sin and they're bad. It's like, no, we just yeah. say, oh no, they really do love each other. That was it. And like, I, do, it was, I do think that that's one of those things that is the overarching like problem. And, and I actually, like I, when I've been thinking about this, the overarching problem of evangelicism yeah. is that people are not people they're a project yeah and so you don't see a living human being you see someone who is probably gonna go to hell in your mind and so you have to do whatever you can you have to punch all the numbers you have to say all the things to get them into heaven and so the way that that kind of goes into purity culture is like you don't see an autonomous human being who has, you know, physical, psychological, spiritual, mental, yeah. all the things that make us human, um, desires, passions, um, you know, you don't see it n- kind of from the reform community that I came from. They are not a person. They are a, a damned soul. Yeah, that's, that's really a, it's kind of a bizarre way that. A lot of the modern, especially Calvinist world, Uh um, to a lesser extent, also anyone who like really takes total depravity seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's platonic dualism. It's, it is the ethereal and the spiritual is so, 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 so important that the physical is absolutely, it has no meaning at all. The the whole like preaching and and the whole teaching of Jesus makes sense. If you put it through the filter of this is a guy who loves these people he's talking to, talking to them, mm-hmm. like it just right, it makes more sense if you do that. Uh, Even and, when you read the things that he said were that were kind of like harsh, like, like th- you think about you his audience. Them. You know, a lot of his yeah. audience were people who were misusing and using the t- like using the scriptures as a way to enforce a hierarchy upon people. Right. Of course, he's going to be pissed off. I love the way that Greg Boyd, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh, I do. Um, oh, I do. I like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. He put it this way. Somebody had asked him the question, you know, if Jesus was all loving and all good and whatever, and he was so nice to these people, well, then why was he so, quote unquote, hateful to the Pharisees? Mm-hmm. And Greg Boyd was like, if you, if, like, imagine God and his chosen priesthood and they were doing all of these things that were making other people suffer and other people oppressed and all this other stuff how would you speak to your chosen one like your chosen ones that were supposed to lead these people like you would be desperate <laughs> like you would be you'd be so desperate you'd be so heartbroken that you can only plead with them and that's what Jesus did he pleaded it kind of reminds me of when I've even seen uh, Martin, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. when, so when um, so when Dr. King talked about uh, different people and their support of him, he said he always got the least from the white liberal, mm-hmm. from the people who should have been 
on his side. We're more progressive, you know. These are these are the people who might be might be white and um, they, they they might be still um, benefiting under white supremacy, but they should be on his side. But he's getting the least from them. Um, that's yeah. and, and the way that he was willing to call out the hypocrisy that happened there. It's almost the same thing as Jesus calling out the religious elite. They mm-hmm. were they were the people who should have been the most excited to be like, oh, the Messiah is here. Right. That right, whole right, guy right. that we've been talking about, we want to come for years. He's finally here, and they're still being resistant to the call. It's yeah. it, it, there's a it's definitely not a direct parallel, um, but it's the same willingness to acknowledge the hypocrisy there, and to right. use fitting verbiage for it. Right, that and we I see think also in, yeah, in like, Jesus. Yeah, I also think that it was on a person by person basis as well, because like you see, you know, we kind of do this overarching, almost. I mean, Christianity does this like this anti-Semitic. The Pharisees were bad. They had these twirly mustaches. Yeah, because the Jews killed were, Jesus. Of course, everyone knows yeah. that. And they were going here. How can we be evil today? Here, like. Those type of people, and they yeah, were, the anti-Semitism were, in Christianity is a thing. Uh, we we're gonna have a whole episode about that. I actually have a um, an old friend from high school that I want to ask. She's a part of the Jewish community, and I would love to have her on. Oh, that's sick. Um, but I think we need to recognize, like, it was on a person by person basis the way that Jesus talked to people. Yeah, and so. Like, whatever that person needed, that's what Jesus was going to say. So, like, if you've got um, this really hard exterior, you know, law-minded, very, um, I don't know how to, like, just like a very tough, a tough egg to crack, you're going to have to apply enough pressure to make the egg crack. Yeah. Um, and so, but if you have, you know, somebody who's a marshmallow, who's just been stomped on as a marshmallow and is all squishy and stuff, like, you can't do the same thing. Yeah. You gotta, you know, um, and so I think God is, and I, I gave, gotta, gotta move, gotta move the cat, gotta move the fat cat. (laughs) Um, you know, I did a sermon at, at our church, um, about how God is supplemental and ooh, what, what the hell does that, that mean? Tell me more about that. It means that God is going to supplement what you need. And so, like, you know, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom. If you lack, you know, whatever, ask for this. And so I think it applies the same to, like, God is not going to speak the same way to, you know, a homeless addict as he is someone who lives, you know, in a $10 million house yeah. and, you know, has everything that they need. You know, God is going to care for each person the way that they need to be cared for. And so I think, you know, that's kind of the argument that we've been seeing a lot on, you know, Theo Bros and a bunch of other people is like, they think that telling the truth in love is screaming the words of the Bible at people in the same tone, in the same direction, and in the same way to literally everyone. Like, whether it's a 12-year-old that just got an abortion because she was raped by her father. Yeah, there's, she's a, still a murderer. there's a certain absurdity She's still a killer. That. She's yeah. still a blah, blah, blah. And then looking at one of their, you know, looking at a person who, like, looking at the dad who raped her, you know, and, like, treating them the same way in the sense that they... Just beat, 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 beat. Use the same language. Oh, I really and all like that kind of thing. Yeah, I really like where you're coming to that from. That it's like, yeah, Jesus absolutely wants to speak to both the abuser and the abused, but he's not going to do mm-hmm. both of those in the same way. And to the abuser, right, there is going to be a harshness. There's going to be a concept of you need to face up to this because you did something mm-hmm. heinous. And to the abused, right. is going to be a gentleness and. Yeah, the the marshmallow thing. I, I really like the way you put that. Yeah, so I think that is kind of to the same level of like um, what Brad Jerzak and I think Brian Zahn and a couple of those dudes have said. I can't remember which one of them said it this succinctly. But um, basically, if you love love, God's love is going to feel like love. 
if you hate love, God's love is going to feel like hell. Or it's, um, if you love love, God's love is going to feel like heaven. And if you hate love, then God's love is going to feel like hell. And so it's the same love. It's the same grounded, you know, pursuant love, like pure, unadulterated love. But if you love love, then correction feels great. And it's liberating and it's great. And this is, you know, this is on the we're sinful people side of things. Um, So like, you know, you're going to feel liberated from that sin and you're going to feel, you know, renewed and redeemed once you take care of it. And then the other side of it is, you know, if you hate love and you hate correction, like, of course, you're going to feel ashamed. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel, you know, all of these things if you don't, like, realize the redemption that's already happening in you and you just kind of refuse it. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I think what you're saying is also very also very poignant to bring in, um, to once again bring in um, racial equality uh, and, and a lot mm-hmm. of those, a lot of those issues that like that have, that are, have, have happened and are still obviously very current, uh, at least in the United States. That, um, what would have some said that to, to, to some people when they see equality, uh, they, they see um, that, that, that they're being oppressed by, uh, b- by people who have fewer rights than they do because right. now they're getting more rights. Uh, right. that there's the same level of like, oh, that's so harsh when it's more. It's like, no, this isn't harshness. This is just other people getting the same rights that you've always enjoyed. Correct. Um, and, and I think you can see that with how people who are being oppressors in uh, the New Testament are treated by Jesus. They are being, if anything, they're... Jesus is acknowledging who they are. He might he's calling mm-hmm. out their sin because their sin is their oppression of other people even if they're right. making sure not to do work on the Sabbath and stuff like that. It's a, mm-hmm. it's an ultimate misunderstanding of what the law's purpose was. And I think that's where you can level out, you know. And I can't I can only say this from my point of view as a non-Jewish person. Of course. But I I think that's when we get into not at least not a direct anti-Semitism because I don't know I I we would have to ask someone if you know this is still anti-Semitism in a way because I know everybody's got you know their own thoughts um, but basic I I had read a book um, a few weeks ago called The Misunderstood Jew by Dr. Amy Jill Levine so Ooh. good she's a um, an Orthodox Jew who is a New Testament scholar. And she specializes in the Gospels, where Jesus is. Interesting. And so, um, you is know, she, she so, so is, is she. Um, oh, what are they called? Is, is she a Messianic Jew or is she just an Orthodox no, Jew? She's an Orthodox Jew. Interesting. Does, so, so what, what, not, what took her down that path? That's fascinating. does not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. At yeah. All. Um, was she, it through her study of the New Testaments and her knowledge was, of Jewish so texts that led her to that? She grew up with a bunch of, I think she said, Portuguese Catholics. Huh. And um, she, you know, would go to Mass with them sometimes, and she would, you know, just kind of take part in being their friend and going to different places. And she was like, this Jesus guy sounds kind of cool. Maybe I should read up on him. But then as she started reading the New Testament, she started realizing, and she was hearing from the Catholic pulpit about how, the Jews killed Jesus. The Jews are evil. Oh, the Jews did this. The Jews did that. Anti-Semitism, yeah. Uh huh. So like the act, like the real hardcore, blatant anti-Semitism. Um, and so she just she, always spoken from the pulpit, of course. Right. Um, that's always where it's the loudest. Um, but she, I can't remember super specifically in the book some of the things that she says, but she does. You know, she flat out talks about verses that are pretty if you read them in their yeah just at face value yeah it's pretty it's pretty anti-semitic like that verse that everybody brings up that's an anti-semite like the jews were the ones who killed jesus like it actually kind of literally says that and so um she just talks a lot about um how when you're reading in the gospels this especially from the disciples, kind of that they had a lot of issues with the, you know, the religious elite and everything. 
And so a lot of their bias is put into that. So, um, like a lot of the bias from their poor community being, you know, oppressed and stuff like that. But she also yeah, talks about... I mean, about- Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John basically just decided how <laughs> we would see the, the character of Jesus Christ forever, which is yeah. kind of scary. Because what if all those guys kind of sucked? Well, this is the weird thing. So she said, like, you know, as an Orthodox Jew, everything that Jesus taught and everything that he said is already in our laws. It's already there. Like He didn't come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. Yeah. He, he didn't say anything new. Like, everything that he said and everything he lived by, every, all of that stuff, it, it's already there. Like, why, like, why do we need to... He, he to just reinforced Judaism. You know? Yeah. And Interesting. So, right. And so, um, so, kind of along those lines and kind of where we were at, um, I love the way that she kind of opened up my eyes to, to not making it a law versus Jesus thing, which is exactly what Christianity has done for forever. And that is but, an anti ultimately an anti-Semitic thing to do. Right. It's to show that Jesus, if he was the Messiah and if he is, you know, the Christian based, you know, everything that we say he is. He just took what already existed, lived it perfectly, and then, you know, we spring out of that. But, um... So who would she say that Jesus is? He was just a good rabbi. He was just, an, he was just a really sick rabbi. Okay, yeah. my cat is freaking out to the point where I think it's time for you to meet him. Oh, I would love to. I, I, I'm, I'm going to bring him onto FaceTime. I'll be right back. Uh, kitty. For those of you listening who may feel like our ramblings sound a little bit jumbled, it's because we didn't prepare at all. Um, we didn't, you know, we actually didn't... Uh, talk about what we were going to talk about other than we just wanted to catch up oh he's such a good boy oh, i'm gonna put my headphones on and i'm gonna grab my cat again because he's gonna start trying to destroy things hi but little he boy is. he is perfect he Look is perfect him. he looks just oh, like my sammy so oh, i don't he's, have sammy um, with me he's like the kind of vaguely green mud Colored, uh-huh. like yep. tiger, American short hair. Like he is the most like cat on default settings who's ever lived. Uh, <laughs> and he's perfect and we love him. <laughs> That's oh what I tell people. What's your cat look he's like? So it's like, great. just like imagine a cat in your brain. Just like the first thing that comes it's, up is exactly what he looks it's like. It's the cat that's on the motivational cat posters. That's who he is. Yeah. He's the oh, stock yeah. photo cat. He's, he's just he's just a little man. Oh, now he's just walking around. He's got a oh, he's checking out a box that I pulled out of a closet recently. There's nothing okay. in there interesting. I mean, it's got like all the important documents. It's got like my passport and stuff like social security card and whatever in it. Good. But really, he just wants to get back into the closet that I was in because he really thinks that there's something interesting back there. There isn't. It's probably a ghost. Anyways, um, now we, now we got now we got the little guy. Okay, so um, yeah, we, we so we got to get we got to get more Jewish people. On on yep. the podcast because I want to hear what they have to say and I want to hear because I've never heard that entire way of viewing Jesus as a figure before that he was just he was just truly an amazing rabbi he was mm-hmm. the best of them yeah and, and ultimately actually, his his fulfillment of the law was ultimately trying to just be a really really great example to his fellow Jews his fellow mm-hmm. people in his era that and he wasn't uh, he wasn't claiming to start a new fork of this whole religion thing. Right. Oh, that, that is fascinating. I never even thought about that. And I think that just shows how much being raised in the Christian sphere kind of narrows the things you consider to be probable, which mm-hmm. is kind of, which kind of interesting it, to think and about. And it narrows the things that you can see that are problematic. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> beyond a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm still learning that. So like a lot of, you know, even just some of the things that I just said a few minutes ago, like, some of those things to a certain ear could 
could still be in an anti-Semitic realm. And that's where I'm trying to get out of. It's just really hard when that's all like me and you, that's all that me and you have been, you know, braced in (laughs) for our, you know, entire, you know, Christian life up until this point. And so just being able to like read the text and not read that the Pharisees are these bad guys that just want to go out and get people, you know? Yeah. But realizing, yeah, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, the bad guys, Jesus is the good guy. Right. And so, um, you know, and while there probably were some Pharisees that were taking advantage of people and like, you know, marrying the empire because God, look at all the pastors today that are in America that are marrying empire by, you know, being the way that they are. And so like, you know, it's really easy. And this is actually one thing that, that Dr. Amy Jill Levine said was, you know, the Jewish religious leaders were more interested in keeping their faith, just making their faith survive. Like they were so Hmm. adamant about their faith surviving. Like, how would you act if the very thing that you loved and adored and cared for was under attack? And so, you know, like literally they were under attack. They were actually an oppressed people. Like the Jewish people were an actual oppressed people. So we can't say like, oh, our faith is under attack because they're going to make me get vaccinated. Like that's not, that's not what we're talking about with that. But like, for sure. (laughs) But like an actual oppression and you're, you just want your temple to stay up, you know? Like the walls of your temple are being threatened every single day by a power that has yeah. more than enough power to do that in less than five minutes. So, like, you know, what would you do to protect your people and to protect your way of life, to protect this this thing that you have? And then to have this, you know, Galilean from across the lake come in and say, hey, y'all are effing all this shit up. Like, we got to do something. Like, we got we got to be different. And then... Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want the movers and the shakers. You just want people who will maintain the status quo and, and make sure nothing fails in the meantime. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of that, and there's a lot of uh, it. I mean, as a white dude who's just trying to understand how to love people, It is It is so good to be on that journey into trying to yeah. actually love people without doing it in an ignorant way. And I recognize that I will never be not ignorant of a lot of those things. <laughs> and that's just because it's part I of being a person, you know? Yeah, I can't live the same experience as somebody else's experience. And so yeah. Um, but I can empathize with that, and I can stop saying that the Pharisees were the bad guys, if that's e- that's small <laughs> thing to do. Um, but being able to realize yeah. that they were human beings and they were autonomous human beings, that you know, just and I I can't remember who said this, but it was like they said everyone needs to look at everyone else and empathize at least in this way. They're just trying to do their best. And your earphones flew off when I said that. So, <laughs> sorry, I was wrestling with my cat, and my headphones oh, fell off. Um, I think I missed something there. <laughs> I could be I could be completely wrong about this, but somebody said this in a podcast, and I really liked it. They said, um, "If you can look at everyone else and see them in this way, we might get somewhere. Look at them and realize yeah. that everyone else is just trying to do their best." With what they have. Yeah. And so I love that. I think that's great. I remember um our boy, our our guy, John Roller, saying mm. and just saying to me, and for whatever reason this blew my mind at the time, he was like, he's like, we can all agree that most people are doing their best, right? He was like, he's like, we can all agree, most people are just are just trying to do their best, right? And for whatever reason, that like exploded my mind. 
Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, it's like, no, we're the people doing their best. Most people are little st- stinky little doo-doo heads. Like, for whatever reason, <laughs> it never occurred to me that, like, most people are doing the best with what they've got. And yeah. to acknowledge that, like, and, and acknowledge that as a starting point, it lets you empathize with basically everyone. You can still call mm-hmm. out the heinous bullshit that some people are doing, yep. but you can at least acknowledge the humanity of everyone you come across. Yep. And there's something life-changing about that. Yeah, there's something, and I think there's something about that. there <laughs> that, yeah, and, and here's the thing that, and there's a reason why a lot of people, and even the people we're talking about, wanted to take down Jesus because, when, I mean, when, when you see that, it, it changes a lot of everything. It changes mm-hmm. pretty much everything you see when you realize that most people, even people who are doing things that you would disagree with, fundamentally disagree with, mm-hmm. are still trying to do the best with what they've got. I think, okay, here's my here's my take. Maybe the message of Jesus is, is a radical empathy such that the entire world is changed. Put that on a t-shirt. It, it's, it's this idea that <laughs> you can still acknowledge the truly evil things people are doing without saying that most people are evil. Mm-hmm. I think the, and, and, and to bring us back to a way previous point, the Calvinist way of looking at total depravity, because I mean, let's acknowledge there are many, many and different ways to look at total depravity, many mm-hmm. far human, far, far kinder ways to look, to look at total depravity, mm-hmm. but the Calvinist way, is just saying that everyone just sucks and you should <laughs> empathize with no one because everyone, including you, and maybe even especially you, you just suck. And according to uh, but uh, I would according yeah. to the the new Calvinist, you only empathize with the people that deserve to be empathized with. Goodness, the way that they talk about the sin of empathy is just bizarre. Because <laughs> I think our the Jesus way uh, of empathy <clears throat> is to know that some people need to be called on the stuff that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people need to have that that marshmallow love. But ultimately, everyone, and I mean everyone, deserves your empathy because everyone is truly just doing their best. Right. And then that's how we can tell when we need to love someone in a specific way, whether or not we need to speak to them like they're a marshmallow or engage them like they're a hard egg to crack because then we know where they're coming from and we know how, you know, they can hear what we're saying. And so like, and even that differentiates because, you know, no one, if this is the thing that has been making me so confused over the past seven years of my life, is I was so, like, like, there's even a blog that I wrote dedicated to this, um, that it doesn't matter what truth you're saying, if you don't say it in the most loving way, then it's not truth anymore. And I still think Hmm. I believe that. But at the same time, when it comes to the people who literally, like, that you you actually need to have this, this harder you know, prophetic on it, like honest in a way that's like, you got some bullshit you're dealing with type stuff. Like, is that saying it in the most quote unquote loving way? Because then we roll over into that issue of like, then we become the ones who are saying, Oh, I'm just speaking the truth in love, even if it's harsh. And even if it's blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? So like, Ooh. How do we? The thing is, but, but is the concept of sometimes harshly speaking the truth in love is that concept what's wrong, or is it just what they're saying wrong? I you know? think that's where I've kind of come to, at least for now, is like, yeah, I still believe if you speak, like, if you're going to tell someone the truth, if it's not in a loving way, then it's not truth anymore. But at the same time, you have to be speaking actual truth too. Like you actually need to be like going over what you're actually about to say to someone. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
if someone yeah. just comes up to it's you. Like, it's, it's like, like I'm not sister, even sure. It's, it's like Sister Cindy and Brother Jim. What I think, uh, in, in terms of this, yeah. Like, I said this on my alternative Twitter account, but I'll just say it here because I don't care anymore. I don't go to Asbury anymore. Um, the real, you can say it. The, the very real reality is that most of the people that go to that school, maybe not most, a good number, they actually believe the same things that Brother Jed and Sister Cindy say. They yeah. just believe it a lot more politely. So it's like yeah, that's the thing. That's that's why that's why a lot of guys there are going to be really upset when people are impolite, and they're going to be more upset about the impoliteness than the content of what they're saying. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Like, um, I'm sure you remember the anti-Christ theology uh, debacle of a few years ago. Oh, I'm f- I am dreadfully aware <laughs> of that. Yeah, I mean. Okay, for, for for the listeners, I've realized uh, I've had I've had I've had a few now. I've had a few sips of my very high proof bourbon, and mm-hmm. I forgot we were talking to people right now. Uh, yeah, so for y'all, there was, um, there was there was a preacher who came in and who discussed how especially homosexuality was uh, quote anti Christ theology, and honestly, all of the gay students were really bothered by this. I wonder why. Um, and it was, it was really upsetting because a lot of the people, a lot of people ultimately didn't say we condemn that we condemn the kind of stuff that was said. They can, they said they really just condemned the way it was preached. You can still say how bad it is to be gay as long as you're nice about it, which is kind of, which is kind of insidious, which is essentially somebody took a screenshot and put the email that Asbury sent out to people about Sister Cindy while she was there. And it was like, do not engage, but when you do engage, basically be more, quote-unquote, Christ-like. And so they weren't saying, we disagree completely with what they're saying. We do not condone anything that they are saying. But if you engage with them, just be Christ-like about it. And so, like, to me, yeah, sure, whatever, say your politically favored thing so that people don't get mad at you. Um, both sides is them. Hmm. Um, but yeah. basically yeah. like, you're totally right. But it's, so, I mean, there's no difference, no difference at all between somebody saying you're going to hell because you're a homosexual or somebody saying, you know, because I love you, I just, I just think that we need to have coffee and talk about the sin you're living in. Oh, there it is. And there, there you have it right there. So yeah. it's like, as long as you're Christ-like with your bullshit. <laughs> and so, I don't know. And it, Before, Yeah, it reminds, reminds, me of, reminds me of Jacob's whole thing. Yeah. Of, of him being blacklisted by a whole group of people because of the optics of how they decided things looked. And that's yeah. the, the inherent, uh, and that's, that's one thing that I got to say being in more of since leaving Asbury and since leaving just like where I grew up at Southeast Christian and all that stuff uh, and being in more of a progressive sphere, even at Xavier, even though Xavier is technically a faith-based school, Mm-hmm. Everything there is very progressive. Most of the professors there are very progressive. Um, being being in that sphere, you can kind of see what it looks like to be in this faux progressive thing that evangelicalism has given us mm-hmm. versus people who are actively trying to dismantle uh, a lot of that f- fake uh, progressiveness. They're actively trying to take that down. It looks mm-hmm. and it feels different because you right. see and people being loved in their own language, you know, mm-hmm. right? You see, um, and it's only one thing that I've seen specifically, especially uh, at Xavier, and I'm sure at in more places do it even better than they do. Um, but this, there was um, 
a survey that went, that went out to all of campus where the first thing you you had to, you basically were asked were like are you a member of the LGBTQ community yes or no um, and then if you hit, hit yes this whole pop down thing came out it was basically like how do you feel how you doing like <laughs> on this campus like and it's basically mm-hmm. just like to talk to the queer students like do you feel loved do you feel accepted do you feel like you have a voice and it was like this genuine acknowledgement of it's not just like how are those sinners doing it's like how, how are you doing as a valued <laughs> member of the community are you okay are you doing all right wow. and i gotta say like as someone as, as a non-binary person uh but as as <laughs> a, someone who's a member of that community and uh, it's like it, it was it was different and almost felt like i was wrong like am i a sinner for telling people hey it would be cool to have more resources like am right. i it's like is this a test can I fail this test? It was different. It's a different feeling than the Asbury thing of like, just be Christ-like. Because honestly, I think when you have people who are here uh, who showed up to your campus just to call all the women whores, just to Uh be as inflammatory as possible, it's time to flip some tables. Like I think, I personally believe the most Christ-like thing in that scenario is to call them on their bullshit. Like, is to call them on this evil. Like, Sister Cindy being now an influencer who sells her MLM products on TikTok. Like, it's it's bizarre to watch. Yeah. It's weird to see people, both inside and outside our community, turn her into this figure to that's almost, like, pedestalized. And it's almost mm-hmm. excited. Have Sister Cindy come and call me a whore. It's weird. And it's yeah. not good. And it's, like, it's a horrible representation of Christianity. And that's... And even from an optics-based place alone, it's horrific that that's a thing. And all Asbury cares about is the optics, but also the theology of it being okay to call everyone you see a little slut. Like, it's what's kind of funny is at this point, it's become a joke. People see it as a joke because it's hard to take them seriously, but they mean it for real. They don't mean it as a joke. They actually are dehumanizing every person they see because they believe that for you to value your own humanity is antithetical to the gospel. Whereas we would say the gospel is not only saying your humanity is good. It's also elevating it to a place only a little lower than the divine, you know, if like, not right up next to it. <laughs> exactly. We are like, like oh, man is the fourth. When I say man, humankind is the fourth member of the Trinity mm-hmm. as some theologian who I can't remember. <laughs> definitely said google it it's there it's well a thing. we, we do know kidding. we do know our good man athanasius jesus became man so that man become god yeah so uh man I the, loved... the best mid the best midnight mass i've ever seen just real quick <gasps> the best the best homily i've ever the best homily i've ever experienced in my short catholic lifespan oh i thought um, you meant the show Oh, what a great show, by the way. Watch oh, Midnight Mass, so the love of God. It's oh, amazing. God. But okay, it's so good. the best the the best homily I've ever experienced um in, in my in my Catholic life was a was a midnight was a Christmas midnight mass that started with God became man so that man could become God by a Dominican of all people. And I Ooh. feel like that pissed them off. But yeah, I know I, me too. But like he he took that in this direction of like Look at look at how like weird and trivial ninety nine percent of human experiences are, mm-hmm. and how Christ makes all of those things something that we can find God in, and that's that's what our show's about. That's yeah. what our whole life is about. Our whole life is about we live we live lives that are individually something so kind of meaningless in a cosmic sense, and yet we are all we all have this seed of, of like, of God within all of us. We all have mm-hmm. the image of God that's been pressed onto us. And we all have this Godness given to everyone. Um, and we are all given the, this, this not only sliver of the divine, but we are given our human experiences that we, that we, that we may define the define. We may find the divine <laughs> within it. That was hard to say. No, but uh, and, and, and there's something there's something special there. There's something meaningful yeah. there. Well, everything you just said, all up in that is is a beautiful way I think to to maybe end. Because um, what are we going on? About a about an hour already. 
Yeah, we're right there. We're right about an hour. Nice. Um, but yeah, everything you just said is, is so good, Tom. And, um, you know, <laughs> even with this just kind of catch up episode to let everybody know that we're, we're going to come back and then we're um, still alive. We're still doing we're still the thing. Alive. We're still okay. Uh, but you know, and even just to kind of do an unprecedented unplanned, <laughs> just kind of riff off of whatever we're thinking about. But, um, yeah, I think it, it's so, it's so much about perspectives and where you start. And I think we've talked about that before. You know, if you start at the place where yeah. everybody sucks and everyone is a terrible, terrible thing that has to measure up to this unmeasured, unmeasurable God, it's like, well, then, yeah, of course you're going to treat people like shit when you do that. Sorry, that crash was my cat destroying things. I knew this was a mistake. Good boy. Uh, can, um, continue. But then starting at a place where it's like, no, everyone's got value and everyone has stuff to work on. Let's at least try to get to the point where Jesus said was, you know, him and he was human and he was good and he was a fulfillment of everything that God had revealed in the first place Um, and even made better some of the things that were, you know, thought in the first place. And so... um, you know, I think what everything you just said is is a really good explanation of the gospel, really. <laughs> so, um, but I think we can end there, if you'd like to. Hey, I, th- I think that's a totally fair place to go. We got a lot of stuff so, to talk about in the coming weeks, and yeah, f- for yeah, for our listeners, a lot is coming. We've got we got multiple people who want to be on the podcast. They, they want to us. be. They, they want to be on our podcast, <laughs> be on which it. is insane. <laughs> I've 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 sent links to people that are like, "Wow, that's great! I want to be a part of it." Insane to me, crazy yeah. to me. I really um, don't think we're doing a, at least I'm not doing a good job. So, like, for people to come on and say I want to be a part of this, I'm like, "Yeah, are you sure? <laughs> like, do you really?" <laughs> Somehow, people care. I don't get it. It's it's, it's insane crazy. to me personally, man. But I love you, Tom, um, and we'll we'll keep going, hopefully. And maybe yeah. next time you'll hear some baby cries in the background. Very exciting. Yeah. Hey, it's 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 been great to it's been great to hang out with y'all. Uh, we can't wait to do it again, and we promise it's not going to take us months and months. This is a thing. We're going to keep doing it, and we love y'all so much. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>